0: chapter 5 of travels in new zealand volume 1 by ernest dieffenbach this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by gail Timmerman vaughn chapter 5 return to queen charlotte's sound west bay east bay island of Oa. we left the roadstead of mana on the 13th of october with a northwest breeze and steered for the entrance of queen charlotte's sound in order to go into east bay as it is called by captain cook where the nati awa tribe have several settlements the agent of the new zealand company had purchased from those of this tribe who reside at kapiti all the remaining claims to the land on both sides of Cook strait and he was now proceeding to purchase the claims of those residing in east bay tipatu whom i have mentioned before lives at east bay and we took him with us from Maikanahi to his own settlement the wind was favorable and we crossed the strait in a few hours before noon we had the two brothers on our larboard side they consisted of rocks clothed with a thin vegetation the sea breaks furiously against them and access seems difficult seals have now almost disappeared from the coasts of new zealand but a few sometimes resort here they do not however escape the pursuit of man who follows them into their most secluded retreats at noon we were off cape Komaru, a remarkably steep pyramidical promontory which cannot be easily mistaken, and may serve as a safe landmark for ships running into the north entrance of Cook's Straits. Off this promontory are the white rocks, just above water, consisting of the usual yellow schist. The coast of Arapaoa, towards Queen Charlotte's Sound, is of a similar formation with the same strike and dip. This part of the coast partakes in its general appearance of the character which I have assigned to the coast in Cook's Straits being steep and barren. Nearly opposite the two brothers there is a small beach called Kapiti Beach, where the natives often land when they are prevented from crossing the straits and reach the head of East Bay by a short and easy walk. The natives of the latter place dread this spot, as from it they can be easily surprised by their enemies. A fear was entertained in Queen Charlotte's sound that Tairoa, the chief from Otago, was about to attack the Natiawa tribes, and in East Bay the natives were fortifying their village against a surprise from Kapiti Beach. When the Tory first came to New Zealand, we entered Queen Charlotte Sound between Motuara and Tikatu, or Long Island. This time we left Tikatu on our starboard side, and I observed that the shores were steep and scantily covered with vegetation. A large ship followed in our track from Mana, and arrived in East Bay a little after the Tory had cast anchor. She proved to be the Concordia the first ship sent out by a danish company for the southern whaling fishery which if successful will be followed by others of that nation formerly so active in the greenland fishery amongst the nations engaged in the southern fishery the americans rank first as they employ annually five hundred vessels of from three hundred to five hundred tons each the second place is held by the english the number of those vessels is if i am rightly informed one hundred and fifty the french rank next Having not less than one hundred and forty ships besides these there are a few german vessels chiefly from bremen and hamburg we cast anchor in east bay shortly after noon near the island of matapara which is about the size of motuara and is in the shape of a cone as soon as we had anchored the cutter was sent off into naruawita called by captain cook west bay to get a spar for a foreyard i embraced the opportunity to visit that bay and crossing the Sound with a fine breeze, landed at the decline of day on the northern arm of West Bay. In Cook's chart this arm is very correctly laid down, with the exception that it turns again to the left, and its actual head is separated from the southern arm only by a narrow ridge of hills. It seems that Cook did not explore the head of the bay. We found no suitable spar, and, the day being nearly gone, we took possession of some empty huts, which a Mr. Love, had built for the men employed in cutting timber and splitting staves of which one hundred thousand were lying on the beach fine trees surround this bay and the flat land which is about a square mile in extent bore marks of former cultivation but the inhabitants have disappeared they were the tribe called rangitani all that remains of this once numerous people are a few slaves belonging to the nati awa who live at the oaire or pelorus river after a war of extermination the right to west bay was made over to another tribe of Awa, who have never occupied this spot. Our situation was not without the peculiar interest which an uninhabited land always excites in the mind. Behind and around us, high, steep, and wooded hills towered over the bay in a semicircle. The night was extremely mild and calm, the air singularly clear and transparent. The sonorous fluting call of the large parrots varied by their harsh scream when, on a sudden alarm, they started over the tops of the hills, and then returned to rest, were the only sounds that broke the deep silence. The water of the bay was as smooth as glass, for being sheltered on all sides, it was unaffected by the winds which agitated the sea. Sometimes a parrot would perch on one of the trees, embowering our huts, as if curious to ascertain who had ventured to disturb his repose. During the night a solitary cry from one of these birds might be heard from time to time, after which everything again became quiet. The sweet song of the Mako Mako Philodon Dumery Lin end of note, which I can only compare to that of our nightingale, although I must confess that the former is simpler, and therefore more impressive, and the warbling of the Tui, whose note resembles that of our thrush or blackbird, cease at the setting of the sun, but in the morning before he is above the horizon, the little songsters renew their music with increased vivacity, and their combined tunes form a pleasing concert. THE ONLY INCONVENIENCE WE SUFFERED WAS FROM THE MOSQUITOES, WHICH ARE ALWAYS MOST NUMEROUS IN PLACES THAT HAVE BEEN CULTIVATED, BUT AFTERWARDS DESERTED. EARLY IN THE MORNING OF THE 2ND OF NOVEMBER, WE AGAIN TOOK TO THE BOAT AND ASCENDED THE SOUTHERN ARM OF WEST BAY. THIS PLACE HAS A BEACH OF FLAT LAND, SIMILAR TO THAT OF THE NORTHERN ARM. NEAR THE BEACH THE LAND IS SWAMPY AND COVERED WITH juncia, BUT SOON ASCENDS, BORDERED BY THE NEIGHBOURING HILLS. TWO RIVULETS OF EXCELLENT WATER DISCHARGE THEMSELVES INTO THE SEA there are many fine timber trees, especially tawai and pines. While the carpenter and his mates were occupied in preparing a spar, I went up the side of the hills. The forest is open. Deep layers of decayed leaves cover the rocks. The growth of everything appeared most vigorous. Indeed, throughout the whole of New Zealand, nature seems to be eager to destroy and to reproduce. Large trees, unrooted and decaying, were preparing new soil for their successors, which were just struggling into existence. The peculiarly nourishing moisture of the soil displays itself in some ferns, which have germinated on their parent plant. The forest was enlivened by many of the common birds, and I brought home one of a new species, called Piochio. Note. Ternagra crassirostris, G.R. Gray, already depicted by Forster in his Icon amid T. 145. End of note. We slept another night in the bush after the spar had been got into the water it would not float and we were obliged to lash it under the keel of our boat west bay is a very fine harbour and since good timber is found here it would be a fit place for a sawing establishment and for a village whose inhabitants could with ease support themselves by cultivating the flat and available land fine sheep walks are found on some of the open hills in the neighbourhood on the seventh of november i examined east bay which consists of three principal branches on each of which are native settlements. East Bay is formed by the island of Rapaoa. One arm is opposite Hokokuri, the native settlement in Tory Channel, and is called Otanorua. The hills ascend gently from the sea, with a small extent of flat land of about 400 acres at the base. We found about 200 natives assembled there who had arrived from Hokukura, to which place it takes about two hours to walk. They had come over to settle about the sale of their land. They have plantations here. The cabbage, which now abounds in Queen Charlotte's Sound and which grows wild, was in blossom and covered the sides of the hill with a yellow carpet. There are a number of plants in New Zealand which are exactly the same as in Europe. Many of them are indigenous, others have spread with the cultivation of European vegetables. Such are the cabbage, Plantago major, Elcini media, Soncus oleraceus, Stellaria media, Rumex crispus, Urtica dioica situsus pulosa and arvensis the juncus maritimus effusus filiformis Scurpus lacustris, typha angustifolia Potamogeton natans genopodium glaucum maritimum and others must regard it as indigenous and perhaps the plantago major on the beach were some huts the occasional habitations of the wandering agriculturalists the beach itself is of a light soil higher up the hills the forest appears. The trees, however, are not tall enough for ship timber. At the head of East Bay is the village of Mokupeka, where we were well-received and presented with roasted potatoes, pork, and an excellent dried barracuda. This village stands on a spacious beach, surrounded by hills. Neatly planted taro and potatoes, kept free from weeds, ornamented the fields. The natives, when they dig the first crop of potatoes, leave the small ones in the ground, which grow during the winter and give an early harvest, before christmas our friendly host showed us with great satisfaction a field of wheat which was in very good condition and the seed for which mr love had given him this cove although small is one of the largest in queen charlotte's sound the sides of the hills appear to be very eligible for vineyards as they are sheltered from the east and south winds i next explored that branch of east bay which stretches to the westward it is as large as the one i had first examined and is called Anahuco. There is a small native village here on the fourth. I traced my way over the hills to iti in order to see something of the interior of the island of Arapaoa. The track leads from a narrow beach up a very steep hill just opposite the little island of Matapara. Some Europeans reside here during the summer after the whaling season is over for the purpose of procuring cheap pork and potatoes. It took me about two hours to reach iti The hills are steep. Covered with leptospermum, tall with purple flowers, edwardsias and other shrubs. There are two kinds of edwardsia in New Zealand, both of which have been introduced into England. They generally grow near the seashore or by the banks of lakes or rivers. They belong to the leguminous plants, an order which is extensively spread in Australia, Van Diemen's Land, and the American continent. It is therefore more remarkable that none of the genera found in these countries are met with in New Zealand but the order is represented here by genera peculiar to these islands, namely Edwardsia, Carmichaelia, and clianthus There are two fuchsias here. One, the fuchsia ex forms a moderate-sized tree and is very common. The other, however, the fuchsia procumbens, is very rare, and at present is met with only in Wangaroa Bay, to the northward of the Bay of Islands. From the top of the hills I had a fine view over the whole Sound. A deep inlet of the sea Looking like a majestic river bordered by hills leads to the head of queen charlotte's sound in this fiord as the norwegians would call it is a small island bearing the traces of an ancient native fortification i was prevented from visiting the head of this inlet but ascertained that it is surrounded by a considerable extent of flat and well-timbered land and that a river of some size discharges itself into it as i descended the view opened upon the southern entrance of tory channel and cloudy bay this hill seems to have been the one which cook ascended to take a survey of the sound and on which he planted the union jack and left some coins some stones were heaped up and fenced in but i did not dare to disturb them as my guide told me it was the burial place of a chief i found tiawaiti very empty as the whaling season was over and the natives had followed a their chief to waikanahi to assist in the war against the nati gardening had made some progress and all the seeds brought by the Tory had sprung up, and the plants were in a thriving condition. A Scotch tailor, whose fate had driven him to Te Awa Iti, had voluntarily undertaken the duties of missionary, and the natives had built a house for him. Returning in a boat to East Bay through Tory Channel, I visited on the way some other small bays where natives reside with some few Europeans amongst them. The purchase of the claims of the Awa tribes residing in East Bay, to the land on both sides of Cook Strait having been completed on which occasion a general rush, fortunately unattended by any serious consequences, took place at the distribution of the various articles given in exchange. We set sail for Kapiti, which we reached the following day, November 11th. The natives were making preparations for hostilities, which it was expected would be renewed by the Natiraukawa. Waipuri had arrived in Waikanahi from Port Nicholson, and also some people from Whanganui and Queen Charlotte Sound who had promised their aid if the Nati Raukawa should make another attack, which, however, they did not venture to do. End of chapter 5